This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. They are both chartered financial analysts, and Ryder also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. So it's the new year. Now that holiday decorations are put away, it's time to bring out your tax documents. The IRS has made some changes to make it easier to file for free, and we have some suggestions on how to keep your tax identity secure. Our chartered financial advisors are here ready to take your personal finance questions as well so give us a call the phone number is uh, we're going to hold off on that we're having a little bit of phone issues at the time Uh, but you could always email the show send it to money at mpbonline.org we're working to get the phones working and when they do they're drowning is what it is that's That's probably the case mm -hmm. we've had an awful lot of rain here uh the last uh you know i thought after that big dose on the weekend we'd be we'd be safe for a couple of days uh, well and let me come and tell you what I had happened to me a couple of weeks ago with our big downpour as I'm coming home from work. Oh. Um, and I'm trying to be very careful picking my route and I get to my neighborhood and water's across the road. And But it's my neighborhood and, you know, I, I can see the, what the mailboxes. What can go wrong, ladies what and gentlemen? What could go wrong? Uh, you know, I'm always saying Please people call that, in if you that, have the answer to this question. Through, how silly are they? Well, I did and I stalled. And the water was rising and it was really scary. Thankfully, I was just a short distance from home and my husband came and um, it was just at the point of coming into the uh, cab of the car Mm. and it was up to my knees when I got out I could find the road so I didn't have to swim to the side (laughs) I was ready just to bail and leave it and then my husband kept just you know I'm going to try and he because he kept stalling every time he Mm. tried to back out it would stall he ended up pushing it for a while we managed to get it far enough out and get it home um, and then filed an insurance claim. So, you know, thankfully it was minor damage, but um, that was a scary thing. Turn around, don't drown. Absolutely. Y'all. Right. I think that uh, that's a good reminder because I'm kind of tempted to do the same, but you never know exactly how deep Because it can come that, up so fast. Yeah. 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 yeah and it's uh, and that's why there. I'm sure I think there still are a number of flash flood uh, watches and warnings out there. So uh, mm-hmm. just, you know, be careful. And if you, as Ryder said, that's the, the little saying. And, and um, my feeling was, who cares about the car? Leave the car, get yourself to safety. Well, plus having to yeah. knee deep in rainwater is not a, a good feeling. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. But tell us, which was better, the, the wet feet or the uh, car repairs? Which do you prefer? Which do I prefer? Yeah. <laughs> Would you prefer wet, wet feet? feet or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did take my shoes off, rolled up my pants, and right. off I went. And like I say, thankfully, I was at a spot where it wasn't time to swim. Yes, and you didn't get kind of brushed away, because that's the other thing. With washed the, away. Yes. All right, what about uh, some financial news in the news? Well, we had uh, jobs numbers just this last week, and we always pay close attention to those. They were kind of tepid, below 150000 I think it was 145000 Still, you know, positive numbers, but, you know, not fabulous. Yep. 
Here's a question. You know, last night, college football championship uh, game. <laughs> Which is why I'm kind of bleary oh, yeah. eyed this morning. A lot of people, you know, stand interested up, in that. Stand late, late night cheering. Yeah. Certainly fan bases, but also mm-hmm. other just football fans. The Super Bowl is coming up. Do those big sporting events have any influence at all on markets? Uh, uh, on the economy, they do. You know, um, yesterday I went out to Madison and I could see trucks pulling in front of Best Buy. Well, you know what they were buying. <laughs> yeah. These big screen TVs so they can watch the game. And anything like that that um, creates a, a situation where everybody collectively is joining in. And they're and feeling good. Purchasing. And they're also it's feeling good. It's good for good. consumer confidence yes. sort of things. Yes. Uh, confidence in the economy. People Takes stand. our mind off of other things mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Yeah. Which we need sometimes. Uh, then there's when my team loses, you go out and in a panic or, you know, in depression, you just spend, oh, yeah, spend, you spend. Just, so yeah, it's, it's all that depression spending. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's a pro football reference, by the way. I did not have a dog in the hunt of the last night's uh, college football game. I was cheering for LSU. I, I'm honest there. It's SEC team. <laughs> Although I will say the Clemson quarterback looked better in his helmet because his nose didn't look so big when he took it off. But anyway. Oh, he's the he's the, the blonde, right, the flowing locks. Uh, what's yeah. his name? Trevor, Trevor? Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, I think is his name. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we do have some phones working now. So if you have a personal finance question or a tax related question that you think we might could help you with, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. The IRS has announced that last week uh, was the official opening day of the 2020 tax season. Yay. I'm sorry. (laughs) That just makes me shudder. I said that wrong. 2019. IRS announced last week that the opening will be January 27th. My bad. So I rushed the gun there a little bit. So uh, put the put the streamers back in the in the. uh, uh, We'll have a we'll have a party. We'll have some cake and everything. It's going to be great. It's the day the IRS starts to accept and process 2019 federal tax returns. Why? would someone want to fill out their taxes as soon as possible? They get a refund, of course. Well, some people just want to get it done with. Um, But refunds, and also a lot of the earliest filers are uh, folks who are low enough income to be in that earned income tax credit. Um, And that's what you see. You're about to see it. Driving up and down the road, you're going to see all sorts of... um, you're going to see all sorts of people holding signs dressed as the Statue of Liberty and, um, you know, saying, hey, get your tax done here. We do your taxes for free. Uh, sneaky hint. They don't do it for free. Uh, they just charge you out of your refund. Um, but uh, but a lot of those filers are going to be earned income tax credit where folks who, you know, you're low income, you have a lot of kids, uh, you do get some back because you are working, but you're not working enough to um, to, you know, I guess I guess pay a whole lot. So. Well, and, and for most people, you're not even ready if you haven't received your forms. You have to have your W-2s mm-hmm. yep. and your 1099s, all of those. And so they may not show up till the end of January, the first part of February. Yeah. Mid, Mid-January is when the easiest forms will start showing up. Uh, Mid-February is when you can expect a lot of, especially from investments, 1099s and stuff. Um, but, you know, some more complicated, particularly business returns, uh, those take a while to prepare. Uh, and because there's a lot of steps in that process and those come out Later and later and later. All right, so Tax Identity Theft Week is also January 27th to February 2nd, and that's uh, one reason why it's suggested that you file early to make sure that no one maybe tries to uh, file under your... Yeah, because that's what people are doing. They are are trying to target those people that they know are going to get refunds or qualify for the earned income tax credit and jumping ahead of them. And Mm -hmm. once you jump ahead of them and 
you claim that, then it's very hard for you to get that sorted out. Yeah, I'm a little nervous about taxes this year. I normally get a refund, but I'm fairly sure I'm not going to get one. I cashed in a mutual fund earlier this year, and so I'm sure there's going to be some huge tax. Oh, maybe not, because you're talking about a capital gain. And particularly with a mutual fund, uh, they pay out their uh, taxes every year. So you really may not have much at all. Okay. uh, Because you've been paying them all along, basically. And the capital gains rate is lower than your income tax rate. Okay. Well, good. That makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, right, now, now Kevin is looking forward <laughs> to the start of tax season. <laughs> that did have me worried, though. And also, I had some medical bills that I thought mm-hmm. uh, insurance wasn't going to cover, and they did. So I've been on a roll here financially. Knock right, on wood knock if on you word, have Kevin. one there. So. All right. So uh, ways to prevent tax identity theft. We talked about filing early. Uh, credit reports. That's always something that you need to pay attention exactly. to in terms yeah. of your, uh, your uh, identity. Uh, anything else that would spring to mind that uh, ways that you can make sure that you're not a victim of uh, tax identity theft? Well, so what someone needs to file your taxes, they they need your name, your social security, and uh, often they will need to have some information about what your taxes were last year. So, uh, you know, any just normal precautions that you take to keep your social security number private, um, any precautions you take to keep your tax returns private uh, is helpful. And, you know, keep in mind, um, almost all your tax forms are going to have your social security number on them. So keep those very close. Don't, you know, I don't know, leave those on a park bench. I, I don't know if people are doing that anymore. But um, keeping all that information private could, because that's what they need to kind of kickstart that return. And now many of those forms are coming to us digitally. Mm-hmm. So um, we're not, you know, waiting by the mailbox for those mm-hmm. to appear. Um, they are dropped somewhere. So that does offer us some level of protection. Um, one of them here says, check your social security earnings statement to see if anyone is using your number. I guess if you checked your earnings statement and saw, what, strange amounts or something? Well, I think it's it's a good practice to ch- check your earnings statement on a regular basis anyway because your benefits are going to be based on those recorded mm-hmm. earnings. And I found uh, an error in my earnings statement several years ago when I had to write a letter mm. and get them to correct all of that. But make sure it matches what you remember from those years. Yeah, and, and what we have found, and actually we've had callers about this, is um, particularly those who are self-employed um, and they have somebody else handling handling their payroll and maybe, you know, a week or a month or three years, as I remember one person's case was, got missed. Um, it, it is possible to go back, but it's you, you don't want to have to go back and fix that mistake. See, I, I guess I don't think I could remember how much I earned. Well, you could look at a, a list and say, does that make sense? Like uh, if it's because, way out of whack. Yeah. yeah. The things you might notice are a zero, that'll stand out, or a year that is really quite high. Right, like you're going along and all of a sudden one year you're way up or something like that. But, you know, if you're checking it somewhat regularly, then, you know, you should catch it. All right, and also, uh, you know, passwords, online accounts, uh, check those. Make sure that you maybe change those every once in a while. Don't use password, one, two, three, four, all those uh, things that we're familiar with in terms Don't of our give password, away my password protection. Okay. <laughs> See, I use 4321, so I'm on top ah. of it. There we go. <laughs> all right, we need to take a break. When we get back, we'll continue talking about protecting financial information and getting ready for tax season. We're looking for your personal finance questions as well. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb it's one 672 7464 You can email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this. 
information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Joining me on the show each week are healthcare professionals who add their expertise to the discussion. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Welcome back. If you ever miss part of the show, you can visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org to listen again. Also, we always like to remind you about the MPB Public Media app. When you download that for your smartphone, you can hear all of the Think Radio programs on your schedule. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Also in studio with us, just kind of seeing what goes on during the show, is the newest member of the New Perspectives staff. It's Joseph Martin. So glad uh, that you're with us, Joseph, and uh, um, we 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 send our prayers to you for working with uh, this crew. Ah, excuse <laughs> me. We're okay. We're okay. Uh, during fiscal year 2018, the IRS processed more than 250 million tax returns and other forms and issued 120 million individual uh, tax refunds, which is 48% of all returns. Uh, does that seem surprising to you that that it would be that many? It does seem a little surprising. That says to me that um, most folks don't have their um, deductions set up appropriately, and um and but at the same time, so many people just say, "Well, I like getting this nice refund. It's like forced savings, but it is um, interest-free for forced savings because they're not going to pay you any interest on that money. Whereas if you had it yourself, you would park it somewhere where it could be earning some interest. But uh, often, if we had it in our pockets, it would disappear. Mm-hmm. Whereas, bam, we get to the end of the year, and here's a nice amount. And you mentioned economic activity; those refunds then push economic activity. We see used um, cars <laughs> and in all kinds of retail as people start to spend those refunds. Um, and, and what I would really be curious to see is how that's changed over the past couple of years, because as we know, we had a big old tax change, which uh, only affected us in the past couple of years. So, uh, you know, that kind of first year where it happened, everyone was kind of shocked that they didn't get the refund they expected. So yeah, I'm under the impression that it used to because be they even, adjusted even, the brackets. even a higher percentage of people were getting refunds. Um, well, they adjusted the brackets, but not only that, they, for the first time, and well, they had to make a pretty big overhaul to the withholding uh, guidance, and it just got a lot more accurate um, for a lot of folks because it, the whole the whole tax process was cleaned up a tiny, tiny bit. So, uh, if you wanted to adjust your withholding to make it more maybe a zero balance uh, where you weren't getting a refund, you would, I guess, maybe go to an HR in your wherever you right, work, your, your personnel, or human your resources um, is there a department guide somewhere like on I. 
IRS.gov, the, yep. how you figure out how much to withhold? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I forget the name of the form, but, I mean, you can just Google IRS withholding guidelines, um, and they have it set up in so many different ways. You can look at it. Uh, you can you can look at pages and pages of numbers. It's a beautiful thing to see. You can just look at p- pages of numbers and say, oh, I get paid biweekly, and I get paid this amount, and it just, like, says this is how much you need to withhold uh, given your uh, exemptions or deductions. But most people run into problems when you're talking about a household. Mm-hmm. So yes. um, your HR department is going to withhold based on your you. particular yes. earnings. They don't know what anybody else in your household is earning. Mm-hmm. And so you really need to think about putting those two pieces together if you do have two earners in the house and how that's going to affect your overall tax situation. And, and that's why it's only guidance. It's only guidelines because your tax situation can change during the year. You get a raise during the year and that just or you get fired during the year. That changes everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about getting ready for tax season on Money Talks this morning. We've got some open phone lines. If you have a question or a personal finance question, uh, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 You can email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So we talked about uh, reasons to file early, and that would be to avoid tax identity theft. And also you get your refund faster. This is interesting. If you e-file and direct deposit, you can receive your refund in one to three weeks. Paper file with direct deposit three weeks. E-file with a paper check a month. And the slowest way, I guess, paper file and a paper check two months. But still, uh, you know, incentive there if you're going to get a return uh, to go ahead and and do it uh, earlier. But also, even if you have to pay, perhaps you want more time to pay. And so you do your taxes early to figure out how much you owe. Um, Are you delay, delay, delay? (laughs) (laughs) Here's another interesting one. Early filers face less competition for access to their tax professional. I mean, everyone knows CPAs and tax preparers get very busy around tax season. So obviously, the earlier uh, you can get it out of the way, um, you know, maybe the better Well, if you think about um, uh, most of those forms don't show up to maybe the mid February, and um, many CPAs will say, look, if you don't get everything to me by mid-March, you're going to be on a delayed situation. That's a very compressed time period to get all this stuff mm-hmm. done. Well, and that was my thing the, with the uh, mutual fund that I had. The one thing I didn't like was they were very slow about sending out um, the DIV form, 1099 DIV, whatever they got every year, and now I'm wondering when I'm going to get my form for this year, because it, it seemed like it was, I don't know, the middle of February or whatever. Yeah, that is the it's deadline. A, yeah, I think yeah. mid-February is the first mm-hmm. deadline. So. And sometimes with a mutual fund, you will see uh, they'll send out a form, um, and then they'll send out a corrected form. And sometimes people have already filed That's their taxes a lot of fun. when a corrected form shows up, and now you have to do redo your taxes. Oh, I see. That's their fault. That, that somehow should, you know. Uh, no. <clears throat> oh, well. That's not how it works. I mean, <laughs> the responsibility to pay taxes accurately and promptly is the responsibility of the taxpayer. Okay. Uh, here's another reason to file early. Get the responsibility out of the way. Uh, according to a recent tax slayer survey, a majority, 52% of taxpayers are stressed out over filing their taxes. I thought it was 100%. So you realize, seriously, so 52, does that seem low? Do they Are they stressed out now or are they stressed out on the 14th of April? 
because I mean, I'm not stressed out now. I don't, I have no you forms. Haven't I haven't it, right. even, you know, until you brought it up this morning, Kevin, I wasn't even thinking about taxes. <laughs> Thanks. Well, and I guess it depends because in my situation, I don't, I pay a small refund to the state. I mean, a, a small, you know, amount, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I have ever paid the federal government any money after tax. It's always been a refund. So I've never been stressed out about it because I always know I'm getting money. Well, I think um, more than just whether you're going to have to pay or not, there is that stress of I've got to find all of these pieces of paper. I've got to report everything. And make sure I don't miss one of them. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, most people just you start to say government form and they just, you know, fall on the floor. Well, and again, I guess I'm lucky because I use I was able to use the EZ for a number of years. And then uh, the only form I really ever had was with that mutual fund was the 1099 DIV. So I guess, like I say, I'm a, I'm an outlier there. The tax season was always a happy time for me, but again, we'll see what happens this time around. I so. think you should that's, leave the room. <laughs> oh, I think that's adorable. I think it's great. If, if, tax season, yeah. if tax season is a happy time for you, call in. So I don't expect any CPAs to be calling in. We do have an open phone line, though, so if you have a tax-related question that we might could help you with or a personal finance question, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 You can also email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Um, let's go ahead and take another break. When we get back, we're going to continue things. Um, we're going to be talking about getting ready to file your taxes. How popular is filing electronically? We'll have that in information for you after the break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB. Think right. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts, and Ryder also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Also sitting in with us from New, per- New Perspectives, uh, their newest employee, Joseph Martin. Uh, we asked before, what percentage of filers uh, file electronically? And the answer is 90% of individual taxpayers file electronically according to the IRS. Well, that's because most tax preparers have moved to that system. Ah, okay. And um, so I know my CPA um, gets me to sign off once we approve everything that she will then e-file for us. So it happens that way. Uh, to me, the the biggest advantage of, well, one of the big advantages is because you, you won't make a math error, obviously, if you're, you, you have to watch that you don't transpose numbers, but, you know, the computer is not going to make a math error on your return. So I think that was Hopefully one of the not. things that uh, yeah, but, you know, garbage in, garbage out. You well, that's make sure true. you put in the right numbers. Wow, look, so we got some calls to get to, so why don't we start things off by saying good morning to Roger in Florence. Good morning, Roger. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Thank you for doing a rainy day fun thing. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm a long-time fan, of course, uh, but I'm also a uh, 
relatively short time electronic filer. Mm-hmm. Uh, long ago, I tried. I used to use the CPA and pay him to take the stuff that I put together. That's the hard part. Then I started using a, a, a electronic filing. And I noticed, and my son noticed, as he helps me more nowadays, that a lot of the information that we have to put in, the U.S. government already has. There's no reason why we should have to pay anybody, (laughs) a tax filing regimen or anybody else, to give the IRS what the U.S. government already has. For example, there are a lot of examples. Oh, yeah. But a 1099, come mm-hmm. on. They I, receive... I have to dig, dig out my 1099, copy it onto the form, maybe make a mistake, send it in, come on. So this business, this political question of why we can't have a one-page uh, tax return, has been kicked around. My recommendation this morning is anybody listen, and anybody you talk to who didn't listen, call your congressmen, call your senators, and ask them when will they sponsor a bill or force the IRS to get the information that's already available and save us from having to give it to them again. Thank you. I'm going to listen to your comments. All right. Yeah, so this is actually pretty exciting, uh, pretty exciting call in uh, right now for a number of reasons. But let's go back. Uh, the IRS gets a copy of pretty much every form you have. Because your employer gives you a W-2, to. and they have already sent the IRS one. Uh, your mutual fund company, Kevin, they already sent the IRS a copy of that 1099. The IRS, you're absolutely right, Roger. The IRS has all of that information. Now, why don't they just go ahead and plug it in the form and ask you to look over it and sign it? Well, that is, you can thank Quicken, TurboTax, uh, those companies who do all those tax preparation software, uh, because uh, the IRS made a deal with the devil, the devil being the tax preparation industry. And that said, basically, that they would not directly compete with any of those companies. They would allow those companies to do these things. The only concession they had was like you offer free filing for people who make under a certain income level, which is 69000 Now, last year, there was a huge expose on how the tax preparation industry was kind of abusing uh, that leniency that they were given. They were, uh, they were upcharging folks who shouldn't have been charged. They were making it really, really, really complicated for you to find those, you know, free to file stuff. Because again, I mean, all this stuff is free. I mean, you can just pop down to your local library, get a copy of all the forms, like sit down with a pen and paper, fill them out. Um, but it, it is it is a deal with the the tax preparation industry that has prevented the IRS from doing it. However, because of all of the news last year, the IRS has has now uh, no long no longer says that they will not compete with the tax preparation industry. Um, that is not to say they're going to roll out their own one this year. That is not to say it's going to happen anytime or anytime soon. Um, but they are uh, potentially just going to the tools that are already on the, the IRS's website. Um, for instance, I use free fillable forms, which is on the IRS website. Uh, the, you know, the kind of speculation is they'll just start by brushing that information up, uh, making those easier to access. Um, so, yeah, bringing you a little bit closer uh, to just being able to kind of plug in a few things and sign off 
off on a few things. But you're absolutely right. And yes, call your congressperson or better yet, uh, call into it and tell them to shut their own business down. Well, and the other issue is that what the IRS does not have or would be all of our deductions, but the increase in the standard deduction to 12000 per person, 24000 for a couple, means that most people don't even do those deductions anymore. They don't even track all of that stuff. It's not even worthwhile. So we are a step closer to that. Now, where we do veer off course from this one-page form is anybody who is self-employed, if you're running a business, that takes a little bit more to file and keep up with all of that stuff. The IRS has announced that they've signed a new agreement with companies to prepare free returns for eligible taxpayers. Uh, You have to have an adjusted gross income of $69,000 or less, uh, and then find free commercial software by going to irs.gov slash free file. So some information there. We Let's head back to the phone lines. Uh, Marsha's on the line from Jackson. Thanks for holding, Marsha. You're on the air, so go ahead. Uh, you're quite welcome, and I appreciate you taking my call. I just want to make a comment. Well, I've got one question, but a comment on the, the last guy. The IRS, I'm a, I've been a computer programmer since 1972, and the IRS has got to get its act together as far as computers and the software that processes all does all that stuff it's not going to be easy for them so so that's why we've got to have patience but what you said was very encouraging uh, now my question is is that it seems to me and this was an advertisement my bank told me that my I thought the homeowner's deduction the interest deduction was thrown out with the uh, you know with the past tax thing but they told me I might be able to deduct it, um, and, I, and I don't know if there's a difference between a home equity loan and um, a mortgage. I've, I've taken out one of them, and I just want to find out if the interest is still deductible, or does that have to do with the... Um, you know, with the deduction, so uh, standard yeah. deduction. Um, mortgage interest is still deductible. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is when you have an increase in your standard deduction, again, 12000 per person, 24000 right. for a couple, then most people don't have enough between mortgage interest, charitable donations, any other things that they allow you to deduct to even go over that amount, which means gotcha. why bother? And and that's why it's made that um, carrying a mortgage less appealing at that point. Right, right, right. And would there be any difference between a home equity loan and a, and a regular mortgage? Should not. As far as that's concerned. Okay. All right, that's, that's kind of what I thought, but I wanted to check to be sure. All righty, thank you. Thanks, Marsha, for your call. Let's uh, press on. Next, we've got uh, Shelly, who's called in from Poplarville. Good morning, Shelly. Go ahead. Good morning. Um, I w- wanted to know, um, what about... People that, um, like single mothers that uh, file their taxes, but their um, exes um, file uh, one of their kids or both their kids, and they're not supposed to. Uh, and um, what can they do about that? Well, that should How be. How can they prevent that? Um, it should be part of the divorce agreement, as far as. It is- so it, it is? Yes. All right. And so do you have it so that you're supposed to get that? Yes. Then if that's the case, then you need to go ahead and proceed as if you're the only one doing it. And if he has questions on his side, that's his problem. He's going to have to deal with the IRS. Okay. 
we're just afraid that he'll do it before we get to do well, it. Well, I, I don't think that the, the I don't think the IRS is well because we have to put their social security numbers yeah, in there. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I think the important thing for you is file your taxes correctly. Um, and if the IRS says, oh, well, you know, someone else already took the deduction on these uh, these kiddos, then you can dispute it at that point. Okay. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, there are and the IRS does even provide guidance on to who is allowed. But, of course, if you have a divorce decree that specifies yeah, um, right. who gets you that, you should be fine. You should be fine. But, yeah, f- uh, focus on doing yours correctly, because there's not really a whole lot you can do to contest somebody else's tax. File. Like, I, I can't I can't, com- you know, I can't contest Nancy's tax filing. It's, you know, right. you and, and y'all are divorced. Y'all are y'all are separate people now. You You have no no access to that. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I can uh, I can contest it if that happens. If if they if they say that you are not eligible to take the deduction for those children, then um, you can you know you can Just, prove it. You yeah. can prove that you can by saying, well, actually, you know, they lived with me more than six months a year. Plus, it's in the divorce decree that they are right. mine. So that would okay. and then they would probably turn around and be like, oh, we got to go find this other guy. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Shelley, for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, talking about getting ready for tax season. Got some open phone lines. If you have a question or a personal finance question that we can help you with, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 You can always email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. One thing that I discovered with uh, uh, tax pr- preparation, services offering free returns and that sort of thing. <clears throat> Last year, I started with one, got about halfway through, and then they said, oh, you need form XYZ. That ain't free anymore. Mm-hmm. So I stopped, and I went to another one and went all the way through the entire return, no problem. Yeah, we're hearing some of those hiccups. Yeah, yeah. and, and that is that is one of those problems that led to all this kind of reporting and the big hullabaloo last year um, of, of companies who said, oh, yeah, this is free, and then, you know, kind of bait and switch. It's well, it, it was funny because they kept sending me, after that, they kept sending me, oh, hey, look, you're only halfway through. Hey, right. you hadn't finished your taxes yet. Come back. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been getting emails from TurboTax for years from that one time that I made an account. Um, also, I just want to bring up, um, we had this last caller talking about what if she has a problem and she files and they kick back out her declaring these children. Um, it's typical with the IRS to have this big lag. And we often have our clients calling us saying, I just got a letter from the IRS that relates to a return two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of related to what our other caller talked about with the IRS being kind of behind in their systems. Mm-hmm. So that's not that unusual. So if you have a problem like that, you need to be patient. It's going to take a while for you to sort it out. You may still be in the right, um, but it takes them a while to get everything fixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's also a reminder why it's important to not to save your tax return. Your every every file, right. you know, piece of but information you have. easy to do now. You can uh, save it electronically. If you have a paper copy, scan it and have it on your computer. Uh, by the way, uh, there is a link on our webpage to the Mississippi Department of Revenue's website uh, so that you can find free or low-cost electronic filing partners uh, for your state return. Some of the software that you can get will will do both, some and not. So that's something that you want to check out, see that if it's uh, if you're just paying maybe for just the federal or if you are getting the state return included along with it. Let's go ahead and take our final break this hour. When we get back, we will continue talking about preparing for tax season. In our last week on the show, we talked 
talked about acronyms. Well, the IRS has some that we'll go over those in a few minutes. And also, we're looking for your questions this morning, your tax-related questions or your personal finance questions. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 7464 Email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back to wrap things up after this final break. Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We have a guest with us in studio. It's the newest member of New Perspectives, Joseph Martin. He's been sitting in watching our craziness here and uh, seeing how we answer these questions. Gotten a lot of questions. Um, Joseph, any thoughts on on your first visit here to Money Talks? Put them on the spot. You no, know, I, I essentially have been tasked with listening to them every Tuesday morning to ah. give them a, a review of how their performance has gone, <laughs> and it's pretty cool to come in and uh, see it firsthand. All right, well, good. And Joseph is working on his CFA. He has passed level one and is He's studying, studying right for, now level two. for level two. All right, well, good luck with that. Um, let's get some phone calls here. We'll start again uh, with. John, who's called in from South Haven. Good morning, John. You're on the air with us. Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have a question about a mutual fund and how to figure out the costs on it to uh, possibly sell it and pay taxes on it. Uh, I inherited it back in 1997. I have all of the records from the beginning, but it has uh, been changed. The name has changed. Mm-hmm. The a number of shares per dollar has changed. But in the beginning, the shares were $45. Now they're $28. But I have six times as many shares <laughs> as I ever did. Well, what you need to do, first of all, don't worry about the price per share on a mutual fund. Okay. Um, you need to go back to the day you inherited it. And what was the value on the day you inherited? And that's going to be your cost basis. You don't have to back up beyond that from for the information for whoever purchased it initially. Good. And then you just need to track going forward from that date until the time you sell. Every year, a mutual fund, an opening mutual fund, is required to send out all of their capital gains and dividends every year. And you report on those every year, even if you reinvest in new shares. And you pay tax. Taxes every year on what you report. So take that initial inherited value, add in every um, year's worth of, of reported dividends and capital gains that you pay taxes on, add it to that, and that is your cost basis. And whatever that number is, the difference between that and what you sell it for will be your gain or your loss. Okay, yeah. great. That's a lot easier than doing it every <laughs> quarter. Thank you. Yeah, that, that dividends and capital gains, that's assuming you did have those all reinvested. I did. Okay, oh. yep, fantastic. That is an easy way to do it then. So you can just go back and look at your tax returns and see them reported there, and it, that's an easy thing to do. Great. Thank you. Makes it much easier. Appreciate it right. very much. Thank 
Thanks. Thanks, John, for your call. Uh, during the break, weren't we doing some research on something? Yeah, so we had a couple of questions up, and I'll also do a quick update on the uh, recent tax law changes. Um, so as far as the HELOC, the interest on a HELOC is tax deductible if it is used uh, up to $100,000 of principal, um, as long as it's used to make a substantial upgrade to your house. So and who decides that? Well, the taxpayer yeah, is responsible that? for accurately and promptly reporting uh, their income and ex- uh, and deduction situation. So, um, and Americans are very compliant with taxes. So, don't lie. You're going to make the rest of us look bad. Um, <laughs> just a couple of other things with the Secure Act. It did make some, um, <clears throat> excuse me, so, uh, tax law changes. A lot of um, uh, more procedural things, such as if you were looking forward to taking your required minimum distributions this year, if you turned, which, you know, classically, when you turn 70 and a half, what has been the case is when you turn 70 and a half, you take money out of your IRA. You've been getting that deduction all this time, and now we turn around and take it back out um, and pay taxes. Uh, that age is now moved to 72, which will make people very happy because everyone's very confused about it being 70 and a half. Um, if you had already been taking our MDs and you're not yet 72, too bad. You've already started. You've got to stick with it. Um, and just some other things about the tax forms. I have not actually looked at them, but they are said to go back to the full page forms that everybody knows and loves. So if you do your uh, tax filings by paper, we are moving from the fake postcard to the real page, I guess. You know, every time I hear RMD, it reminds me of that old TV show, Mayberry RMD. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. Was, uh, it, was it RMD? <laughs> no, what? it was RFD. That's what I thought. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, come on now. Certainly. Oh, he doesn't know about that. All That's right, not so. in our list of acronyms. That's a classic okay, TV show. Okay, so what show. does RFD stand for? Rural Fire Department? Federal Delivery. I think it's a, it has to do with... Post Office? Yeah, thing? I think it's a Post Office thing. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. For anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, that was sort of the sequel to the uh, Andy Griffith show when he left and they decided they wanted a rural free delivery rural free delivery our producer says all right thank you liz our producer for coming up with that so speaking of some acronyms one we and an rmd is what required minimum distribution okay you sometimes sometimes see it listed as mrd minimum required distribution fidelity is really bad about that and i apologize earl i almost forgot you were on the line holding so thanks for holding you're on the air with us go ahead Hi, Earl. You with us? Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, I have. I, I've called in. I need. I want, want to get an opinion, opinion on on my finances. What I might, uh, if I'm doing what I think is the right thing. I have uh, probably about eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars in property that's paid for, and I had a a, a family member get critically ill. I had to take care of them for a number of years, and as a result, I went into debt, and I ran up a lot of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. I have money in the bank, but I ran up because I had nursing care to pay for and all mm-hmm. that. And I had about—I've got up where I got about ninety thousand dollars worth of credit card debt. I'm paying it though. I'm not—you know—I'm not struggling to pay it or that. And uh, I have some people say, well, what you need to do is sell your property and you can pay that. The only, the only reason I want to get that debt off me is because I have more cash flow per month because I'm 85 years old now. And, of course, I'm in good shape because I still do 90% of my maintenance on it and that. But uh, 
Uh, the problem with that is, you know, it's, it's the old story. You can you can you, know, you can shear a sheep many times, but you can't skin them but once. And if you take that money and pay it, pay it off with it, then I don't have the property anymore. I don't have the income. We're not going to be able to hang on to it and continue on. Let the the uh, property pay the debt. But you can use the property as leverage. So instead of the credit card debt, which I don't know what your interest rate is on your credit card, uh, average is about fifteen percent. You could take a loan against your property, which is going to do two things. It's going to give you a much lower interest charge, probably, you know, four to five percent. And uh, it's going to stretch out those payments over a longer period of time. And it's going to make it easier for you to incorporate that in your monthly cash flow. Yeah. So you don't have to sell it. Yeah. You just just borrow against the ownership of it. They don't want, they want, they don't want to loan money on rental property. And I'm saying like, I'm calling from Memphis and Memphis right now, 45% of all the property in Memphis is rental property. Right. And I continually get people wanting to buy it, but they're wholesale buyers and I don't do that. Yeah. But but anyway. But I would think you could do uh, even a HELOC, that that's an easier route to go that may be a little bit higher rate, but anything that's going to lower your interest that you're paying on that is worthwhile for you to do. Yeah, there should yeah. be some bank willing to live, lend you money secured against. I mean, $850,000 yeah, really. worth of property, and you're only asking for just a little over 10% of that. There should be, if, it, if there are any bankers listening in Memphis, yeah, please. They, they, yeah. uh, they, they don't want to, in Memphis, they don't want to loan anything on, they don't want to loan on rental property. Yeah. What about, on, what about your in. primary house? Well, that's what I'm saying. The house I live in, I, I owe about uh, four more years on it. It's worth about two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. I've been uh-huh. told it's worth more than that. Yeah, and, you could. You uh, could, could you do a HELOC that? or a ref, or cash out refi on well, that? I just wanted to do a ten year refinance, and I was approved on it. Had a company want to loan it, but they wanted ten thousand dollars in closing costs. And I no, said, nah, that's not reasonable. That's not reasonable. That's not. Um, that's way um, too high. You know. Start with so, your existing mortgage company because you say you still have a mortgage four years left. Call yes, them uh-huh. and say, "Look, I'm going to refinance this." And what can you do for me? And if you're working with your existing mortgage, the closing cost on that should be pretty small. Really, you know, an appraisal, they're going to have to update that. Maybe some other minor things, but certainly not 10000 I would expect less than 1000 you know, I wasn't wrong in, in saying that was too high. Yeah. No, because, absolutely. Because uh, consider, I'm, I'm consider that part of the cost, and that makes it a very high-cost loan. Yeah, because I only I only owe about forty thousand dollars on the house, and it's it's you know it's been a they they're selling all in my neighborhood for over two twenty five. Yeah, this shouldn't so. be a problem for you to do. What is the interest rate on your current mortgage? It's uh, 4.2%. Right. So, I mean, you could lower that maybe a little bit based on current rates. Yeah. But, yeah, just call yeah. them up and say, <laughs> I'm going to do it, and you can either make me a deal or I'm going to go someplace else. Yeah, because here's the thing. You know, I don't understand is this. They, they, they want to make the loan. My credit score is about 7.5, somewhere around there, 7.55. But the only thing they down my me on is they say my, my credit to loan ratio is too high because of that credit card debt. But my question is this. If I'm borrowing money and I don't want to borrow any money cash in hand, I just want to pay off credit cards, then I'm fine. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you can. Um, if you say, but 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 if I make a loan and pay those off, why would that why would that affect the loan that my well, credit rate is? Uh, okay, you know? what you can do if you approach somebody to to do a cash out refinance is you make the credit cards part of the deal, so that when they do the cash out, they're going to pay off the cards directly for you, or send you exactly. a check made payable to the card company, and only exactly. give you whatever is remaining. Well, that's what I wanted them to do, and they said they would do it. I said, because I don't want you to give me any cash. I just want you to pay the credit cards off. My credit cards, the ones I have, I've been with these companies like 30 years. You know, I've had those cards. And I've got, like, I have a Bank America card, and my credit, uh, my interest on that, they charge me is 11%. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You need to do something different. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, just but, but I'm right in my opinion. Don't release the property because to me, I, I've never invested. I've never liked stocks and bonds and all that because I'm trusting my with somebody else. And you know, I've always believed in you know he, he who holds the land holds the wealth. You know. Well, as long as you're comfortable with that, you don't have to sell anything. But again, use the equity or the ownership in your properties to get a loan to to swap out to a lower interest rate. All right, Earl. Thanks for your call. We are out Thank of time. Uh, Bye now. All right. Thanks, Earl, for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. By the way, stay tuned. Up at 10 o'clock, it's the inauguration of our new governor, Tate Reeves. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lutter-Jamston, Ryder Taft, and Joseph Martin. Liz Gill is the producer, and the call screener today was Java Chapman. So we'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 